This is the podcast from Connection Community Church for Sunday, March 20th, 2011. The land between meltdown. <laughs> yeah. How many have seen Father of the Bride? <laughs> How many have been Father of the Bride? <laughs> yeah, you understand that then. That was a meltdown, wasn't it? George had a meltdown over hot dog buns, yeah. That's our theme this week, not hot dog buns, but uh, <laughs> meltdown as we continue our series, The Land Between. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Good morning. As I said before, I'm Alan Jones. I'm a sinner saved by God's grace. Normally, I stand here, for those of you who are new, and my wife Carrie stands here, but she's, um, she's not with us today because she had some surgery on Friday. And um, thank you for all your prayers and those who've been asking me how she's doing. She's doing, she's doing good. The surgery went as it was supposed to. And um, thank the Lord for pain medication and it's doing what it's supposed to. And, you know, you know the thing about pain medication, you know when it's, how well it's working when, it, when it's getting close to the time for the next dose. You know what I'm saying? So uh, she's resting comfortably at home and um, she's not going to be preaching for several weeks but hopes to be back on uh, Palm Sunday, the week before Easter, in terms of being up here preaching. So we appreciate your continued prayers, and we just want to say thank you. Um, Let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Holy God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. Thank you for calling us together. I'm so glad that we worship as a body of Christ, not as individuals, because it's just so much more fun this way, and and just so engaging. And um, I pray that as we share in your word that you'll will realize change and transformation, that you will bring those things to us, and that um, either for the first time or once again, we will realize new life in Jesus Christ. We ask these things in his name and the power of your Holy Spirit, and all Connection Church said, amen. So we're talking about the land between. The land between is a place of transitions. It's, it's, it's a place of transitions, often not of our choosing, where, where it's a place where life isn't what it once was, but it's not yet what it's going to be. The land between, it's, it's that time between where we were in the past and where we will be in the, we hope, not too far future. The land between where we face some of our greatest challenges and transitions, while at the same time experiencing some of our greatest opportunities for spiritual growth and transformation. Now, last week we talked about the land between as a place that offers fertile ground for complaint. We heard a lot of complaint from the Hebrew people while they were in the desert between where they had been, enslaved in Egypt, and where they were going to be, um, the promised land, Canaan, and the land between was a 40-year journey between those two places. We, we looked at how the land between for them was fertile ground for complaint. We also explored how uh, that land between is fertile ground for our complaints as well at times. Today we move beyond complaints and we look at the land between as a place where meltdown takes place. Meltdown. And you know, we almost didn't use that term. We had planned this series several months ago. But, and meltdown was, was part of it, but we almost didn't use it trying to be sensitive to the horrific situation in Japan right now. I'm sure you've heard meltdown in the news a great deal this week in reference to uh, nuclear power plants and all that that have been 
uh, negatively affected by that whole uh, uh, um, situa earthquake situation over there. And, and so we almost didn't use this term meltdown because it, in, in, in deference to that. And yet the truth is, I'm sure for, for many people over there, meltdown is exactly the mode they're in. Uh, emotional meltdown, where they're at the end of the ropes, where these recent events have, have just about zapped them, where I'm sure they're engulfed in despair. Um, and so rather than not using this word meltdown this week, it seems that maybe this is exactly the week that, that using the word meltdown makes all the sense in the world. Um, but before we explore meltdown in terms of what we're talking the land between, let's just take a couple of minutes. We're going to pray for the people, our brothers and sisters, on the other side of the world who, you know, it, it seems far away, and yet they're right there with us in the living room, aren't they, on the TV? And, and what horrible despair, there, uh, the destruction and despair, and, and also for those here who may have family and, and friends. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Holy God, um, uh, what can we say other than um, we look to you for, um, for comfort and some semblance of peace, and we look for you for... To, to just hold in your hand those in, in the midst of all this destruction and despair. We, uh, we look to you as for strength, and we look to you for hope in situations that often look almost hopeless. We pray for those in Japan. We pray for those who have uh, family and friends in Japan, and we just uh, pray for your, for your hand in the midst of, of a lot of, of bad things. We ask these things in Christ's name. In the power of your Holy Spirit, amen. But you know, it doesn't take um, disaster, the magnitude of what's going on in Japan, to bring about meltdown. It just takes often being in the land between and reaching a point of such great frustration that it results in emotional collapse. Last week we saw the complaints of the Hebrew people out in the desert uh, that intensified virtually to the point of rage. They had complained about no water. Of course, what's interesting, each time they complained, they got something. They complained about no water. God supplied water. They complained about uh, no food, and they got manna. <laughs> Boy, did they get manna. And, and I haven't heard of a manna-only diet, have you? But they, they had it, the manna-only diet, and they, they kind of tired of that fairly quickly. And so then they demanded meat, and here's what they said. We find this in the 11th chapter of the book of Numbers, verse 4. This is the New King James Version. Here's what they said. Now, now the mixed multitude, the rabble, as we called them last week, who were among them, yielded to intense grave craving. So the children of Israel also whelped again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? They're not only complainers, they're also poets. Who will give us meat to eat? As Jeff Mannion points out in his book, The Land Between, a book that we are using kind of a basis for this series, this complaint is directed, who's it directed at? Moses. Now, how would you like to be a Moses? You've got, it says in Scripture, 600,000 men. So this community of Hebrew people, 600,000 men, you've got women and children. I, my guess is, is at least... Two million people. If each guy has, if there's a woman for each guy, that's uh, uh, for each man, that would be what, 1.2? And then you got kids. It's got to be at least two million people. And who are they all focusing their complaints on? Moses, yeah. Um, he's the leader. So he's the one they complain. I say it like that. You ever see the Ten Commandments? 
the, the, the girl in there, Moses. <laughs> anyway, um, he's the leader. He's the one they complain to, isn't he? And the thing is, Moses didn't want this job in the first place. It's the last. He's quietly tending his sheep up on the mountain, his father-in-law's sheep. He's got it together. He's got a good deal. And God says, boy, you're my man. He says, no, I'm not. Yes, you're, no, I'm not. And finally, you know, when God says you're my guy, it's, he, it, sooner or later, the chances are he's going to get you. He, he, he's got that kind of power, you know. So, so Moses come on board. But now he's at his breaking point, isn't he? He's at his breaking point. He's tired of the complaints, and he is unable to meet the people's demands. Listen to this. Uh, Numbers 11, 10 through 15. This is the, the 2011 uh, New International Version of Scripture. Moses heard the people of every family. That's a lot of people. <clears throat> every family wailing. They aren't, they're wailing at the entrance to their tents. Uh, can you just, can't you just feel that? Uh. And the Lord became exceedingly angry, and Moses was troubled. He asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? Now, you know who the servant is, right? It's Moses. In other words, why have you brought this trouble on me? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? He's sure not sounding like the chosen one here, is he? (laughs) Did I conceive all these people? (laughs) Am I their daddy? Um, Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on oath to their ancestors? Where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing to me, give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you're going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. <laughs> Just get it done. <laughs> probably, he's probably thinking, because they're killing me. Anyway, if I have found favor in your eyes, and do not let me face my own ruin. He's kind of fired up, isn't he? <laughs> to count it, Six. Six. He fires six questions to God. Boom, boom. Bing, 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 bing. Boom, boom, boom. And at first it seems that he's doing exactly what the Hebrew people were doing last week, right? Complaining. Isn't that what it sounds like? Kind of reminiscent. But there's a big difference. Last week, the people were complaining to Moses about God. Right? Who's Moses talking to here? He's going direct, isn't he? And you know, I'm not sure he's complaining so much. This kind of sounds weird maybe, but he's actually, he, he's praying. It may not seem like it, but he is. It's, he's being gut-wrenchingly honest with God. He's pouring out his heart to God. He's sharing his total frustration with God. And that's actually a type of prayer. He's in full meltdown mode. But he's not really bringing God a list of complaints so much as he's talking to God about his situation and trying to make some kind of sense out of it. It's a bottom line, no frills, from the core of his soul kind of prayer. He's spent. 
and he feels an impossible weight on his shoulders. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. And we would probably be saying the same thing, wouldn't we? If we were in his position. And as you listen to the cries of Moses, can you hear the cries of other people as well? Maybe family or friends in your life that have been carrying a weight that just seems unbearable? Uh, Maybe it's your own voice that you recognize as you hear Moses saying, I can't carry this anymore. It's too heavy for me. Maybe you've been there. It's a real honest cry when meltdown is near. I've been there once or twice. Um, maybe not the I wish I were dead part. I don't think I've ever quite gotten to that. But, but the end of my rope, God, I, I get that. I think I've shared with you before. Carrie and I, when I went into ministry, Carrie had already been in for like three years. I was about to leave a, a, a career of 14 years that I thought I was going to retire from. Um, and so we were both in seminary in Washington and literally passing each other because we tried to, one at the beginning, one at the end of the week because we had four kids. I mean, Turner was like, uh, uh, Carrie, was, Carrie was carrying Turner inside when she went to licensing school to start ministry. That's, Turner's been part of her ministry from, from just pre. And, um, and so the kids were fairly young. Turner was three our oldest would be uh, 14 then when, we st- when I went in. And, so, and we'd literally pass each other on Route 50 going into D.C. One, I, th- I think I've shared with some of you. One day, I hadn't seen Carrie for a couple of days. She went by and didn't see me. So on Massachusetts Avenue, I did a U-turn, come up beside her just to wave, and then did another U-turn. That was the closest we were for about four days that week. You know, uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, uh, as I've said before, Carrie wasn't actually doing back handsprings when I said, I think I'm being called to ministry. And, and the time is now when she was still in seminary. Can't, can't you just wait, Alan? Can't you wait till I'm done? That's a fair question, don't you think? Can I get an amen? Fair question. I said no. <laughs> and, and so we had, you know, both in school, four kids, four churches, lots of meeting, you know. It was kind of crazy. It was kind of pushing. Lots of time, lots of energy, and lots of blessing. And, and, you know, God saw us through. But I do remember a couple times in the dorm there in, at seminary. Just, I'm not sure if I was, I, I, in my mind's eye, I was standing, I may have been sitting, but it was usually at the end of the day. And I, I remember just saying, God, I, I can't do this anymore. This, it's just too much. This is just too, too much. I, I just can't do it. And, um, And it's good it was the end of the day because it'd be bad to have taken a nap in the middle of the day because God led me to get some sleep, some rest. You know, rest is a miracle, isn't it? Because when the morning sun comes up, it's a brand new day. And God can show you how it's somehow going to work. And uh, that's what he did with me, with us. But there were several occasions where it just, I, I understand Moses' cry here. <clears throat> and maybe you do too. Maybe you've been there too. 
You know, Moses isn't the only person in Scripture to have a meltdown prayer to God. We talked about Elijah a couple months ago. Remember we talked about Elijah, he was going head to head, he had the showdown with the other, the Baal God, you know, fire up the meat, God won, Moses is like celebration mode, goes ahead and slaughters all the other priests of the other guy. <laughs> of course, the queen Jezebel got wind of that, and so she put a contract down on, on Elijah. So he's literally running for his life. And it's interesting in Scripture how often there's celebration and then there's meltdown. Not long after, he's literally running for his life, hiding. And here's what he says, 1 Kings 19, 4b through 5. He says, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then, then he laid down under a bush and fell asleep. Sounds, sounds like I did. <laughs> All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. There's a wonderful meal of hot bread and some, I think some water there. Wow. God provided for that. But he melted down. How about Jeremiah again? He, he had just celebrated how wonderful. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and almost in his next breath, he said, Cursed be the day I was born. May the day my mother bore me not be blessed. Why did I ever come out of the womb to see trouble and sorrow and to end my days in shame? I'd call that a meltdown, wouldn't you? Especially for one of God's chosen prophets who's just before that celebrating God. I think the biblical king of crying out, though, uh, in the midst of meltdown is King David, if you ever read through the Psalms. You know, Psalms are great. They're just so, oh, Lord, praise and glorify God. But about every, I don't know, fourth or fifth one, you know, <laughs> David has a, a kind of a meltdown uh, prayer in the Psalms. And Psalm 69 is a great example, and maybe you, can, maybe you can really tune into this one. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. Now, I don't think he was at the beach. I don't think he'd fallen off the boat. I think he's using, um, you know, figurative language here. I, I think he's, he's, he's being poetic. I sink in the miry depths where there is no foothold. I've come into the deep waters. The floods engulf me. Wow. Maybe you can relate to this imagery. Maybe you felt like you were drowning. Maybe in debt. Maybe in... Uh, challenges, maybe in stuff at work or at home. Maybe you felt like you were drowning. Maybe, have you ever been in over your head? You don't have to show me. I'm just inside. Go, amen to that. In over your head. Overwhelmed. There's a word that we get with meltdown. Overwhelmed by one thing or another and having trouble seeing how you're going to get out. You know, Jesus himself had a meltdown. The Son of God, yeah. You know, his... His human side came through as he, as, he, um, as he hung on the cross, beaten, crucified, just, very, just moments from taking his last breath, giving up his spirit. Here's what we read, Matthew 27, verse 46. It says that about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani. And that means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is God's own son crying out, God, in other words, Father, why, why have you, who, where are you? Where are you? And so like Moses and Elijah and Jeremiah and David, even Christ himself and many, many others in Scripture, we too collapse emotionally. We too have meltdown. We too cry out to God. So we're in pretty good company. 
And, and it's not really complaining so much as it's longing. And, and, and it's not necessarily longing for the days of the past. It's, it's just real honest to goodness from the bottom of the gut. I'm at the end of my rope, Lord. I don't think I can take it anymore crying out to God. You know, when I was in, in the dorm there, I wasn't thinking of going back to my old life. That, but it's just that, God, how, how are we going to get to that? How are we going to get to that promised land from this land between? But here's the thing. Do you ever notice how sometimes it makes you feel better when you're just able to vent what's going on? It's weird, isn't it? Not, it doesn't really necessarily change the situation, but you're just able to kind of get it out there. And especially, how good is it when you can vent it with the one who created you? Wow. And I think God really likes it when we honestly just, at the core of our soul, at our gut level, can just say, God, what's going on? There's something very therapeutic in crying out to the Lord. As we melt down, if we're able to share our pain with God, something really wonderful can happen. It's one of those things we, in the church we call a holy mystery. It's, it's like when we take communion or about There's stuff that goes on that you can't explain, but you know what's going on. It's, it's a holy mystery. And I think that's true when we, at the very core of our soul are able to when we're able to just cry out to the lord again looking at david and the psalms i think we get some insight from david psalm 13 he's crying out he's melting down he's feeling very far from god and this is interesting because he and god are tight but he's feeling very good maybe you can relate here's what david says he says how long lord Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say, I've overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. Even the great King David, God's fair-haired boy, had meltdowns like this. Yeah. When he felt far, far from God. Just like us at times. Amen? Amen. And he wonders, how long? How long is he going to have to languish in this land between? The land between where he was and where he's going to be. The land between being close to God. <laughs> And being once again close to God, that land where he's feeling very far from God, how long, Lord, King David asks. And, and what's interesting is, in Scripture, when we see, do we ever see God give an answer, a definitive answer to the person? David, it'll be two days, three hours, and 16 minutes. We don't get that, do we? And I'm not sure you'd... God, how long? Mm. But, check out what David does get in the last two verses. That was verses 1 through 4, Psalm 13. In, in verses 5 and 6, 1 through 4, he cries out. Here's what happens in 5 and 6. David says this. He says, But I trust 
in your unfailing love, my heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. And so David is able to cry out to God because he trusts in God's unfailing love. He's able to sing the Lord's praise because he remembers. Not because he wants to go back, but because he remembers what God has done for him in the past. He remembers that the Lord has been good to him in the past. And because of that, he knows that the Lord will once again be good to him in the future. He's not saying, take me to the past, but he's saying, because I have been there, I know that you will be with me when I get out of this land between to whatever is ahead, I know that you are, because I remember what happened before. You know, it, it's okay for us to cry out to God when we can't go on. When we're on emotional overload, when we're in meltdown mode. And, and, and the thing to remember is God's big enough to handle it. Oh gosh, I wouldn't want to upset God. Trust me, he's got other things to get upset about. He likes it when we're honest, even when we're, especially when we're crying out from the very core of our being. And the thing is, we're able to cry out when we trust God, right? When we trust God. When we honestly trust God with how we really feel. You know, we're not sugarcoating it. We're not going, okay, God, I'm going to say a nice little prayer just to try and please you. But when we really get real. And we can, we can trust that God will continue. We'll, we can trust with it because looking back, we know God is good. And then we trust that once again, God will be good in the future because we've seen it before. We, we can survive the land between even when it brings us to our knees, not because we long for that past, no, but because we can look to the future because we know that God is already there. And we know that God is good all the time. And all the time. God is good all the time. and all the time. And the really beautiful thing that we have that David really didn't know and Elijah and Jeremiah. See, we've got Jesus, don't we? And the thing is, when we cry out, we know that he's been there before, just like you and me. Fully God, fully human. When we cry out to God, we're crying out to Christ. And he definitely hear our cry because he even cried out, didn't he? He knows what it feels like. He's walked, he's walked that path. And so he not only is going to listen, but he's also going to walk it with us. He not only understands, but he wants to share that burden, whatever it is. Read about this in Matthew eleven, twenty-eight through 30. Here's what Jesus says. He says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Doesn't that just bring comfort to your soul? Weary and burdened, I'll give you rest. 
Take my yoke. That's, you know, like a, an ox, a, that thing that weighs them down, that what they're going to use to plow the fields. But take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find, say it with me, rest for your souls. Not rest necessarily for your mother, but for your very souls, at that core of your being where you're crying out from, where you're saying, I can't take it anymore. You're going to find some rest. No wonder it felt so good when I slept that night in the dorm, you know. Rest is an important thing for the soul. And Christ is going to bring us rest. For Jesus says, my yoke is, and my burden is light. And so not only do we get to cry out, but we know there's one there who's going to carry that burden with us and for us. Don't hesitate to cry out. Christ. Let him know what your burden is. Talk to him about taking that burden from you. As we sing this last song, uh, <laughs> steps are open. Pray from your seat. A couple people in the back love to pray with you. Last song's called Give Me Jesus. <laughs> Not only give me Jesus, but give it to Jesus. Take some time praying, whatever it is. What is it that's melting you down? Jesus is just waiting to hear from you. Amen? Let's pray. Holy God, whoa. Wow, the meltdown. Thank you for being there. Thank you for allowing us to be honest. But thank you, I ask as you give us strength to be that honest with you. Sometimes we don't. Most especially, I thank you for your son in Jesus Christ who is willing to carry that burden, whatever it might be. Please help us to learn to share that, to let it go, and to look to Christ for what He truly is, our Lord and Savior. All God's people said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302 308- 378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers. Thank you.